Welcome back to One Visit Away with your host, Kevin Fitzpatrick. This show focuses on true stories of philanthropy in order to understand what it takes to succeed in major gift fundraising. Listen to these stories and you'll realize you're just one visit away from a transformational experience for your benefactors and your organization. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of One Visit Away. We are quickly approaching Christmas and the end of the year, and so there's a lot of things we could talk about related to that, but I went to a Christmas party uh, as I'm recording this yesterday, Friday night, and when I was at this party, um, there was this couple that came up to my wife and I, and I had met them years ago, and I could not remember their names. And But, you know, we, like, said hello, all this stuff, and then they kind of went on their way. And then the husband, he uh, he had just gotten a beer, and he goes, oh, Kevin, do you want one? And the important thing here is that he knew my name, clearly, but I had no clue what this guy's name was. So I thought about, oh, let me go ask uh, the person who's hosting this party what this dude's name is so that so that I'll know it. Um, but when I had this thought, uh, I, it reminded me <laughs> of an experience I had fundraising. And uh, I'll tell you that story now. So I've got to be a little vague again with <laughs> details in this story just to um, you know, keep everything anonymous and stuff. So please forgive me for leaving out some details uh, that might make it uh, otherwise more interesting. But anyway, um, when I was working at this nonprofit, uh, I, along with several other members on our team, got invited to the premiere of a movie in Hollywood. And, you know, it was like the red carpet event and all this stuff. And so it's pretty cool. I'd never been to Hollywood before, and uh, it was kind of cool being over there. But anyway, I'm at this event, and there's like a VIP reception thing upstairs. And so we're, you know, we're there, and... uh and someone, some one of my coworkers tells me, so, so there's, you know, several people, kind of high profile people at this event. And one of them was someone who had invested a lot of money into the making of this movie. <clears throat> and so, you know, it was a potential uh, prospective benefactor for our organization. And so, and so they tell me like, hey, and Kevin, it's, uh, it's great that you're here. Because Bob, again, I'll just call this person Bob, because <laughs> Bob grew up in New Orleans. And I was like, are you kidding me? Now, I grew up in New Orleans, for those of you who don't know. So I was like, I can't believe it. I can't believe Bob grew up in New Orleans. So I'm like, if I run into this guy, that's my that's my uh, icebreaker. And we're going to have all kinds of stuff to talk about. And so I I see Bob and, you know, everybody wants to talk to Bob. And eventually, you know, it's like a super crowded event, but... At one point, I finally wind up getting over by him. So I, I walk up to Bob and I shake his hand and I'm like, hey, Bob, I'm Kevin Fitzpatrick. Uh, you know, I, I heard you grew up in New Orleans. So did I. And and he's like, uh, no, I I didn't grow up in New Orleans. I, in fact, I've, I've never even been to New Orleans. I've never been to New Orleans. Who told you that? <laughs> he had this very, I do not know why he uh, responded so adversely to my question but uh or my <laughs> what i said to him but turns out he did not grow up in new orleans and so there's <laughs> there's not a ton of uh 
really incredible learning opportunities from this story, but I just thought it was funny. I got reminded of this at this party, and essentially my, what it reminded me of was uh, you can't necessarily trust what people tell you about others, whether it be their name or where they grew up or other important details, which is one of the many reasons I always tell people, you know, don't uh, believe things about a benefactor unless you've heard it from them specifically. So anyway, kind of a random point there, but just a funny story that, you know, one of those one of those memories I'll always have from working in the nonprofit world. But another point that this brings me to, a um, little bit of a, a teaching moment here, but you know, illustrated through the story of going to this event. I went to this event and, you know, had a great time. It was great to be there. And when I was much earlier in my career, I would go to events all the time, like events local to me for, you know, different organizations, all kinds of fundraising events. I put these as a huge priority and I would make sure I could always be at these events. And so sometimes I'd go to these events like, you know, uh, I don't know. Sometimes there's events like this going on like every day, and in a, especially in a big city like Dallas, you can go to stuff like this all the time. And so I'd always make sure I was at these events. And it was great because I could, one, I could meet people, um, you know, get, get contact information from people. Um, you know, you just wind up meeting all kinds of people and you can use those opportunities to schedule visits, that kind of thing. Um, but then also even for people that you know about, uh, it gives you an opportunity to meet them. Like you might have people in your database that you've never met before. Lots of people I've met at events like this. And, you know, you're, you're probably not going to get the visit scheduled there, but it at least gives you one other touch point for someone to like see you in person and put a face with a name kind of thing. So I always do that kind of stuff just to be kind of out and about and getting to know people. And it's, and it's how I went about trying to get, it was like one of my avenues for beginning the process of getting visits scheduled with people. But the further and further I got into my career, the less and less I went to events like that. And the reason is, is because a few things. So I think about this event that I went to in Hollywood I went to that event because it was cool and, you know, I got invited by um, people that wanted me along with the other members of our team to go. And so it was good to go for that reason. I was not going to that event to hopefully meet somebody and that would turn into a visit and then they would turn into a benefactor. Um, I, I don't go to events with that objective anymore. And so think about going out to Hollywood. I mean, that was like, that was several days. The event itself was a few hours long. Um, that's kind of an extreme example, but even events that are local to you that take, let's just say an event, if it's a short event, uh, you know, driving to it, going to the event and coming back is like three hours. I mean, that's that's very common to go to an event that's three hours long. Even if it's two hours, think about just two hours out of your day. You're hoping you can meet somebody. And it's like, okay, maybe during that two-hour event, you meet one person at, who could potentially be a benefactor. Well, okay, great. Like, <laughs> maybe you got that one, but it's still like a super high-risk scenario. 
what I learned over time is that what could I do with those two or three hours if I use them to just stay back in my office and call people and send emails and send texts to schedule visits with people who are in the database. And, you know, I mean, like if you think about it, it takes somewhere between two and five minutes tops to reach out to somebody to schedule a visit. So let's say it takes you five minutes to reach out to someone and schedule a visit on average. Well, in an hour, okay, that's 12 attempts that you could make if you're going like super slow, okay? If you're a little bit faster, if you're going twice as fast, two and a half minutes, that's 24 in an hour. Or, you know, if you got two hours, I mean, you're talking about like 20 to 30 attempts you can make to schedule visits in the time that you would be sitting there hoping to meet somebody in person. And what I can tell you is that it's way more valuable for the most part to be spending that time just reaching out to people in your database. I mean, one of the things, one of the things gift officers and executive directors struggle with so much is getting, you know, enough visits. And I mean, if you're full time in major gifts, I've never understood why anyone has, a a <laughs> can can make a claim that like oh I don't have time to have twenty visits a month I mean twenty visits a month is just one visit every business day it's like nothing if if you don't have time for one visit a day it's like what in the world are you doing with all your time uh, maybe it's like spending too much time at events and other stuff like that I mean you you can you can suck fifteen hours out of your week by going to events and going to meetings that you don't have to be at. And it's like if you would have spent that time just scheduling visits, you could have a full calendar with people who are in your database who have already told you we care about this this mission. And, you know, have indicated most likely that they have decent capacity, especially if they've ever given a gift of $1,000 or more. And so one of the things I would have all of you consider going into the new year um, and some of this might be like super basic to some of you that are just like crushing it every year, but, uh, it was not something I was told to do. And a lot of, I know a lot of people do not do this and that is identify exactly who is in your portfolio. And I mean, like, look, let's take, let's say you have a hundred people in your portfolio. Uh, if you now, you can organize this however you want. Some people like to use databases. I think you should use a database for like data entry and all that kind of stuff. I prefer for just seeing who is in my portfolio. I always prefer just using an Excel spreadsheet. I just have them all listed down. This I'm not saying that you should do that. This is just the way my uh, brain works and how incompetent I am with technology. This was just simple for me. I like to look at that list every single day and just work my way down it and uh, know exactly what I have to do with each person. And it's like, if you got a hundred people in your portfolio, if you contact 10 people every day to schedule visits with, then by the end of two weeks, you'll have contacted everybody on that list. If you had, I'm not saying you should have 200 people in in your portfolio, but if you had 200 people that you were interested in getting visits scheduled with, well, that's just 20 contacts every day that you would have to make to every two weeks 
cycle through that list of 200 people. And most people are not going to respond, so you're not going to... I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole of how many people should be in your portfolio. But my point is, most of us do not make enough contacts to get a full calendar of opportunities on you know in the pipeline and it's like all you have to do is contact i mean if all you're doing is contacting 10 people every day that should take you less than an hour every day and if you have a 10 percent success rate then you'll get one visit scheduled every day and you'll have a visit every day like it's it's super basic math but you've got to prioritize it and you've got to take away some of these excuses. Like the next time you get invited to an event or you see like, oh, that's the event that everybody goes to. Like, think about it. Like, do I really have to go there? Am I keeping a full calendar of visits? And if I'm not, am I saying yes to too many opportunities that aren't giving me the desired outcome? And it's like, if if you need to get visits scheduled, take time to call people in your database. That's where it happens. So, yeah, make sure you have your portfolio put together clearly going into this new year and then just attack it every day, every week, every month and get in front of your benefactors. This is where success comes from in major gifts is just being in front of your benefactors. And the place that starts is by knowing who's on your list and every day just making progress down it. So that's my big tip for today is uh, spend less time at events and spend more time in your database contacting people so that you can spend more time one-on-one with people. Um, You don't need to go to events all the time to get visits scheduled. You need to learn how to schedule visits. And the way that that is done is, yeah, like, sure, every now and then you're going to go to an event and you're going to meet people and that's good. But if that's like your number one strategy, it just points to a lack of knowing how to schedule visits which is where I was all those years ago and why I went to so many events because I didn't know how to schedule visits. So um, yeah, that's my big tip for today. I hope that's helpful. Also, real quick, if you want to leave a little Christmas present to me, the best thing you can do is go leave a rating and review right now in Apple Podcasts for one visit away. I've got some big plans for... Uh, some of my online content and bringing in some new things for 2022. And so those ratings and reviews really help the podcast grow and get it into new people's hands. So if you could leave a rating and review, it takes a couple minutes, but I would really appreciate it. It means a lot. And uh, I hope this episode has inspired you to schedule more visits. After all, you're just one visit away from trusting someone, what someone tells you and having a super awkward conversation with somebody who could have potentially given your organization a lot of money.